Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN. The Sports Betting Network. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM and live from Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson in for Femi today. Michael Lombardi back on the show. Great to see you, Michael. We have 11 games today. It's, it feels like a full, healthy slate. Week two, NFL preseason. A few games already in the books here for week two. So uh, let's go. Big show on tap today. We'll, we'll get our guy Tim Murray on in about 15 minutes to talk week zero for college football because, believe it or not, a week from today, we will be getting ready for the start of the college football season across the pond. Can't wait. Uh, in Ireland. So hard to believe that it's almost here. Carl Jick Jack Johnson, Bo Ravash, Sportsbook Director, joins us at 11.15 Eastern. And then we'll visit with Thomas Gable, Sportsbook Director at the Borgata in Atlantic City at 11.30 Eastern. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling. we got 11 games of football today, Michael. And, uh, and the two last night uh, were definitely interesting, especially from the quarterback perspective, as Bryce Young for Carolina showed a little bit more. Still, the offensive line seems like a work in progress, but at least it was not as bad as the 27-0 blanking against the Jets in Week 1. You know, and the Giants, you know, they look like they were in midseason form. Of course, you know, they come right out and take the opening drive down the field uh, using Waller, really, like a receiver. He was their Travis Kelsey, if you will, in the offense when they started. So, look, it, 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 to me, Week 2 now is the old Week 3, right? None of these guys are going to play next week. And so this was their chance to get some kind of contact, get some things going and feel like, okay, we, we got some rhythm and we've got some movement and some momentum going into as we take two weeks or two and a half weeks to get ready for the opening game. So it was, you know, it was good. Carolina offensive line still struggling. They got a lot of work to do. I thought Young got hit way too much. I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to stand and take those hits. But I'll tell you what he can do is he's got great awareness. He's got great instincts. And even though it wasn't pretty, you could see that once this thing gets going, his size has not been noticeable in terms of watching him. Now, I understand it's the preseason, but he seems to have great awareness, shift and slide. He reminds you a lot of Drew Brees when he's moving. Yeah, just the the slipperiness he, he has in the pocket, able to evade rushers, which was a big a tribute to him and his strength coming out of Alabama, a big reason why he was a Heisman Trophy winner and the number one overall pick. I think a lot of people, though, it's you know you always see this happen, especially you, know, you look on social media. We're kind of in a you know in a small bubble here, and it, it, it seems like Michael anecdotally people have been very quick to pile on 
young when it's, look, it's a vanilla offensive look, both offense and defense for Carolina <laughs> at the preseason. It's an offensive line that's mightily yeah. struggled. So it's like, where do you stand on, you know, the actual, like the raw performance of young specifically? And it's like, how do you separate that from an offensive line that is, as we've talked about throughout the week, and we'll get into now again, is way, 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 way far away from where it should be going into week one. Yeah, I mean, look, we, Twitter is pretty clear. All they grade is production. Nobody could see past the production unless there's an agenda. You know, even when there's no production and if, they, if Twitter likes the player, you know, they're going to promote the player. You know, it's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, Trey Lance is 50-1 to 1 to be the MVP in the league. I mean, he doesn't even start. Everybody loves him. You can't say a bad word about him. So, you know, it's just the way it is. It's just, you, you know, to me it's such a small percentage of what truly is going on. And if you know anything about football and you watch the game and you watch Bryce Young and you see what he's doing, the production isn't great. But once they get squared away with their execution, I think the bigger issue is, is can Frank Wright win an opening day game 0-4-1 as, as a head coach? And his team doesn't look ready yet, and they got another week to go. Yeah, it's one of those things you'd think as much as regardly, universally regarded as a good thing, shortening the preseason from four to three games. Maybe Frank Reich is like the one person who says, you know, maybe I could use that extra week to try to <laughs> try to get my team ready. At least the Panthers did cover last night, three point underdogs. Uh, if, if you were and this is the classic thing, like if you're you know sweating out a dog, you know, you're, you're relying on a Jake Luton, Gary Jennings connection in the fourth quarter to get, get your backdoor cover, Michael. That's uh, pre yeah. preseason. Well, look, if you're playing preseason, you know, and, and you and don't cry for me if you're sure. playing preseason and, and complaining about Jake Luton on a deep throw. I mean, seriously, you know, this is it's hard enough to handicap these games when they're real. It's harder, harder to handicap. And this notion that, well, this this pros like the preseason. In terms of betting, I, I think it's a harder endeavor because a, a play here, a play there, how they call the game, y you know, the backup quarterback, all, all that. And then, you know, it's just it, to me, there's so un so many unknowns that the hardest thing about football is to control the knowns, is to, is to eliminate a lot of the unknowns in the, next, in the preseason. It's really hard. You can, you can be spot on with the handicap and be right in line with the line move, and then the third stringers get in, and it just all – And know, all hell breaks loose. And yeah, all hell breaks loose, A football loose, right? game breaks out. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that in a second with the, you know, the biggest spread of week two, which was last night with Atlanta and the Cincinnati Bengals. That game ends in a tie. Falcons don't cover the six and a half. Real quick, though, so there's also the perception of you look at like what Daniel Jones did at quarterback for the New York Giants, eight of nine, looked very masterful leading that offense. How do you how do you realistically though evaluate that considering what Carolina was throwing out there defensively and the sort of schemes that we saw at play? I mean, I think to me it was just the Giants. I, I've said this last year, the Giants completed 105 passes in the preseason. And the year before with Joe Judge, they completed 55, which tells you the level of their execution under Dayball. And I think this last night was another indication of their level of, of execution. They've taken their practice situation and turned it into game reality. You know, they caught the ball. Jones threw the ball accurately. You know, he had a chance to make a play on the move. He did. They ran a lot of boot. They ran a lot of stuff that made it easy for him, which is what they typically do. I don't. I didn't see a different offense. I mean, Waller's a wide receiver. He runs a slant. And he ran a crosser, you know, with free access against zone coverage. Great. But their execution, you can't ignore it. That's the key. Uh, there was no real – scheme involved in terms of what the Panthers were doing. So I think you have to temper it a little bit, mm -hmm. but you can't deny that their execution was good because sometimes teams 
when they go through this, their execution isn't very good like Carolina. Exactly. Daniel Jones, 8 of 9, 69 yards and a touchdown in his one series. The three quarterbacks combined to go 26 of 33 for 230 and a couple scores. Jalen Hyatt looked much better for the Giants in his second preseason game. The rookie, four catches, 35 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, that game, again, it's a, a thing where the Panthers are able to cover. Plus three does go over a total uh, in that uh, upper 30s range. And the second game of the night, so Panthers, you talk about week one and how Frank Reich has never won a week one game as a head coach. Panthers are playing the Atlanta Falcons, NFC South divisional matchup to start the year in a couple weeks' time. Falcons currently a consensus three-point favorite. And last night, we finally got to see a, a glimpse of Desmond Ritter. And you know, the, the general consensus was very, very a positive for Ritter, 7 of 9, 80 yards. He did throw one interception, which was sort of the one thing to kind of hold back what could have been a really, really good night there for Atlanta. Uh, as we are, we got really our first look at the starters all in action on offense. B. John Robinson, four carries, Michael, for 20 yards last night. Yeah, I mean, the 12-yarder for a run was a, was, a, was a great run. But, I mean, look, the one thing about Ritter last year, when you watch him, Ben, he, he was very careful with the football, right? He was not going to put the ball in harm's way. And for him to throw an interception in the preseason, maybe he is going to take a little bit more of an aggressive, uh, of of an aggressive style of play, which I think he needs to do. You know, the other factor is he's got to be accurate with the football, which was inconsistent at Cincinnati when he played. And last year, when you watched him in those four games that he started, a lot of the times he didn't want to throw the football because. I don't think he felt like he could put it in the right spot. There were some really tight windows that he didn't want to try to fit into. And because of that, I, I think he played very, very conservative. And so he's going to have to get past that, and his accuracy is going to have to allow him to get past that. So, look, Atlanta, one thing about Atlanta now, I think Atlanta's run game will be really good. Look, they've paid a lot of money for this offensive line. They've got a lot of skilled players that they've drafted. Robinson looks dynamic. Ritter's just got to execute the offense, get the ball to the receivers, let them do the hard work in the game. Sure. What what I just wonder about going forward for Atlanta, and it, that first drive, will that be a harbinger of things to come where the Falcons drive 107 yards? They get 107 yards of offense on the first drive. But you just, you just wonder as things get condensed, and that's the hardest thing we always talk about, Michael, for young quarterbacks coming into the league. When the field condenses, you're in the red zone, all of a sudden, the windows get tighter, and that's where the pick comes, a third and goal trying to go over the middle for Ritter. Will that be an issue you, you look at where the Falcons, you know, they've got the weapons to move the ball, but what happens once they get down into the red zone areas this year? He's got to make plays, right? I mean, it's all on – I mean, he's got to make the play. I mean, the red zone is about disruption, confusion. You know, that's where quarterbacks make play and decision-making, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons why last year New England didn't make the playoffs. Their red zone, they were 32nd in the National Football League in the red zone. You can say it was Patricia's design. Okay, you want to use that as an example. Also was careless with the football. They turned it over too much down there. Self-inflicted turnovers too, not ones that, you know, that somebody made a great play on. So I, I think that's, that's the challenge that you get into. Look, there's nothing you can take from preseason that manifests itself to the opening weekend because – all you can take is execution. Are they blocking effectively? Are they catching the passes? Are we throwing the ball accurately? That's all we can take because the one team's trying, the other team may not. One team's playing vanilla, the other team's trying to do different things. It's hard to really, they don't want to show stuff, so it's hard. But execution, to me, when you only have 12 incomplete passes like the, like the Falcons did last night and you have attempted 36 passes, your execution's pretty good. Sure, blocking looked really, really good as well. I, I just couldn't help, you know, crack it up watching the first drive. 107 yards without a point. And I was trying to figure out, all right, what, 
Like that, that you would think that's got to be some sort of record. Uh, shout out to uh, Jessica Brand on, uh, on Twitter slash X, whatever. Steelers on December 31st, 2006, had a drive that went 112 yards without a point where they started at their own one, and Willie Parker fumbled uh, in, into the end zone against the Bengals. So I don't know if you can ever remember a, a drive that had more yardage with less, but uh, that was, uh, you know, conjuring up old memories last night with the Falcons. But, like, you take the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones is 8 for 9. He should have been 9 for 9. You know, uh, Walker, Waller had a drop, yep. got hit, and the ball popped out. And, you know, DeVito was 9 for 11. I didn't think DeVito could be 9 for 11 against there, and he was really good. Only long pass was 14 yards. And Tyrod, you know, he threw four incomplete passes. So, when you look at it, I mean, their execution, now they didn't run the ball effectively, but their execution was outstanding. That Giants certainly looking sharp last night. Again, that, uh, that second game, the Bengals and Falcons. Bengals were a six-and-a-half-point underdog since they really didn't play anybody, but that game ends in a tie way, way under. And we have a lot more NFL preseason to break down because week two continues. 11 games today, but up next we'll talk college football. Tim Murray stops by the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now's the time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player rewards. Sign up today for $199, and you'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl, or join us for $19 for your first month. And see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. A shout-out from our producer, uh, Elliot Bowman, Michael, because uh, he alerted me that this is the last weekend until April 13th, yeah. 2024, without regular season college football slash college basketball going on. So very, very excited that we're about a, a week we out. and uh, we, Absolutely. I, I'll, here's how we're going to celebrate it, at least right now. we got Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast, who joins us right now. And, 
Uh, for, for folks, especially joining us this morning in Chicago on the Marquee Sports Network and the DMV on Masson. They'll be, they have the ears perked up for sure, Tim, and especially the folks in Chicagoland where Notre Dame kicks off the season. How about that? Week from today and just over, it will be uh, well, four hours from now if we're talking talking at this time next week from Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Uh, interesting just to see, you know, how the expectation for Notre Dame this year, Tim, as we kind of talk generally, and it'll be a very fascinating matchup right off the bat where they take on a Navy team that they blew out in the first half and then let them back in the game last season in Baltimore. Yeah, and then you look at the sideline, guys, and it's going to be kind of a shock to the system, not for Notre Dame, but for Navy. I mean, this is the first time in over two decades that Ken Niamatololo will not be associated with the midshipmen for the, you know, in some form or fashion, head coach there for over, you know, 15 years. So uh, Brian Newberry steps in, uh, the defensive coordinator that, you know, you alluded to, uh, you know, Ben, that uh, Navy really in the second half just ratcheted up all sorts of pressure on Notre Dame last year and dominated the second half. And, you know, fortunately for Notre Dame last year, the game was 60 minutes, not 62 minutes, because who knows how that would have all unfolded. But, you know, the big difference and heading into this game for Notre Dame is is the quarterback position. Uh, Last year, Drew Pine, uh, who started the year as the backup, he was starting the majority of the year due to an injury to Tyler Buckner. Uh, they went to the portal and, you know, in my opinion, probably got the best quarterback that was available in the portal in Sam Hartman. And he stepped in. Uh, he's already been named captain uh, by his teammates and uh, from all accounts has, has really looked the part. But, you know, we'll see. Navy's going to be really fascinating this year, guys. Uh, for, a, for a program, remember, they, they can't redshirt, you know, at service academies. Uh, they can't do the transfer portal game, but they still bring back about nine starters on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so, you know, I'm really intrigued to see what the midshipmen will be. Uh, this is, you know, the second time that Notre Dame and Navy have started the year over in Ireland to 2012. Uh, these two teams met in Aviva Stadium and Notre Dame won that game 50 to 10. Uh, so, you know, Notre Dame and having time to prepare, uh, I think that will certainly be beneficial. But uh, you look at a big point spread, guys, uh, with a service academy that you know uh, will never quit. Uh, you tend to tend to lean towards uh, t- tend to lean towards the points. Real quickly on the total here, this was brought to my attention uh, on Vsin Primetime uh, earlier this week. If you look at that total of 50 and a half, and then you look at the last 12 times Notre Dame and Navy have played, guys, it's actually gone over 50 and a half 10 of those 12 times. Mm. Uh, last year was 35 to 32. Uh, was 67 points, so well over. In those 12 games, the average score combined was 62.3 points. So, you know, something to note there that Notre Dame and Navy uh, tends to actually trend a little bit more high scoring than you would imagine. Yeah, all right. So let's talk about Sam Hartman and the new Notre Dame offense with Jar Jar, uh, Parker in there as the the new play caller, right? So he was the tight end coach last year. And now he gets a chance to run. What offense will he run? Well, he was the coordinator in West Virginia in 21. And so what will we see from Notre Dame's offense? Is this going to be a spread throw it all over, a Dana Holverson type attack, or is it going to be more of a pro style? Yeah, uh, from my understanding, Michael, it's going to be a lot uh, a lot of similarities to what Tommy Reese ran. Now, uh, they ran some 12 personnel last year. Uh, when you have Michael Mayer, you're able to do that. I think, you know, the base form, you'll probably see more three wide, uh, one tight end, one running back type of look. Um, you know, I, I do think this is going to be a pretty balanced offense. The strength of Notre Dame's offense, even though you bring in a Sam Hartman, the strength is going to be 
blocking. Uh, they have two tackles, Blake Fisher on the right side, Joe Alt on the left side, that have a good chance to both be first-round picks. Joe Alt, uh, by most people's accounts, is one of the top tackles in the country. Uh, Blake Fisher is a guy that you know Notre Dame's been high on since he stepped foot on campus just a couple years ago. And then you look at the backfield. Uh, they are very high on this backfield, even with the loss of Logan Diggs via the transfer portal to LSU. Audric Estime is a guy uh, that they think can be a, a true bell cow of a of a running back. Uh, you know, Jadarian Price is a guy that tore his Achilles uh, last year during camp. And uh, prior to popping that Achilles, guys, uh, they were really high on Jadarian Price. They also uh, have Jeremiah Love, who's a true freshman. I think you're going to see him try to get some get the ball in space. And and then as for the wide receivers, I think that's the biggest question mark when it comes to the offense, guys, because there is no true uh, you know number one guy as of right now. And I think that's the the biggest question. You know, for me, the most intriguing aspect of this offense is going to be the utilization of Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree has been, you know, at Notre Dame for four years, has been a running back, explosive speed. You know, some folks might remember that kickoff return he had against Wisconsin in the fourth quarter uh, just a couple of years ago. He's now out as a slot wide receiver. So, you know, I think you're going to see uh, him utilized in space, some jet sweeps from him. But, you know, to answer your question, Michael, I don't think this is going to be, you know, a slinging around type of offense. I think you're seeing more of a balanced attack mm -hmm. and uh, Sam Hartman utilizing play action a lot with that quality, you know, backfield there. So very curious to see because, you know, last year their leading wide receiver uh, in go-to target was Michael Mayer, the tight end who ultimately was selected in the second round by the Las Vegas Raiders. They don't have a Michael Mayer on this roster. So it's going to be, you know, on Sam Hartman's shoulders to to spread the ball around and, and help these young receivers uh, kind of step up and reach their potential. Eight and a half, the win total for Notre Dame. Heavily juiced to the over right now at minus 135 at DraftKings. is Tim Murray at one Tim Murray joins us right now talking college football on the Lombardi line. We're a week away from the start of the 2023 season. Check out the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. If, if you're just now starting to do your prep here, Tim and a bunch of really, really respected guests uh, throughout the college betting industry here on, on the college football side have broken down basically every conference in college football. So highly re recommend you check those out. For the, the newer bettors coming in, Tim, who are just starting to do their prep and they're going, oh boy, week out, let's get some futures going. And they're looking at the board. They see Georgia, the favorite, going for a three-peat. Alabama's second on the odds board uh, right now at DraftKings. As far as the, you know, the team's right at the top with Ohio State 3, Michigan 4, LSU 5, what, what's your perspective on the, you know, the, the haves in college football this year and the juggernaut teams as far as expectations, and will it actually match what the odds makers say? Yeah, I'll run it down pretty quickly, Ben. Uh, Georgia being the favorite makes a ton of sense. Uh, obviously, they lose Stetson Bennett uh, and plenty of other talent to the NFL, uh, but look at their schedule. I mean, they are going to be a double-digit favorite in every game this year until uh, November 18th when they go to Tennessee. And, and at this point, we don't really know what Tennessee is going to be. So you get Kentucky at home, Auburn on the road with Hugh Freeze coming in could be a, a bit of a tricky situation, um, you know, Ole Miss at home, but a very, very manageable schedule for the Bulldogs. But, you know, playing plus 225 is, is certainly not something that I would recommend at this point. Uh, when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs, I'll skip down just a little bit. The team that really uh, piques my interest, if you're looking for that, so to speak, long shot, and and I don't know if they can, you know, ultimately uh, hoist a trophy. Maybe you look at to make a playoff type of prop. 
Uh, we've talked about Texas on this show, a Texas team that I'm very high on. I do think they win the Big Ten, or excuse me, Big 12, I beg your pardon. And I think that's a future you could potentially look at. But a team that is just fascinating is Penn State. Uh, Penn State has got a ton of talent. And you see that, you know, they're preseason number seven. Uh, they've got elite running backs. And if Drew Aller uh, hits as a quarterback, this Penn State team, guys, really is going to be uh, a tricky team to, to, to take down. So it all boils down to this. Can they get one of those two matchups against Ohio State October 21st or at home against Michigan? Last year, they were you know, right there with Ohio State before the Buckeyes pulled away uh, towards the end of the game. The Michigan game wasn't pretty, though. That game got pretty ugly fast. So uh, Penn State, there's a lot of hype behind them this year. And uh, I think, you know, over their win total, you know, five or six to one to win the Big Ten. Certainly uh, an intriguing look there for the Nittany Lions. Sure. Nine and a half now, minus 140 yeah. to the over other, Michael. You go through Penn State's roster, right? I mean, you got Loaded. a lot of older guys. Same thing with Michigan's roster, right? I think one thing we have to look at in betting is college football is still an age disparity. And the, the older teams with seasoned players are always going to be stronger than the younger teams. And I think this is the case for Penn State and particularly Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Uh, I know we got a wrap. Michigan, though, guys, loaded for bear. Uh, read Bruce Feldman's article on if they're ready to win the title. They are absolutely stacked uh, all over the place on that squad. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, co-favorites this year to win the Big Ten. Great to catch up with you, Tim. We always appreciate Thank the you, insights. Appreciate uh, stay you. tuned to the College Football Betting Podcast, by the way, for all of the College Football Breakdowns as Tim Murray joins us on the Lombardi line. We'll transition back to the NFL. Week two in the preseason when we come back. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview, and the only place to see it is on VSIN. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some unbelievable betting stories, and gives the details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on an event he was playing in. Check out the interview coming up on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on VSIN. It coincides with the release of the book Billy Walters' Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk. Excited for that to come out in just a few days' time. We're also excited for the 11 game slate we have today, Michael. Week two in the NFL preseason actually starts here in just a couple hours where the Detroit Lions and Jacksonville Jaguars will kick off the slate. We'll talk about that game in a little bit, but wanted to focus on the three games today where you have first year starting quarterbacks, a couple of them rookies, one in Jordan Love who's been in the league a few years, but now getting the keys to the car for Green Bay. And we'll start in Houston where CJ Stroud, you watched him against the New England Patriots last week. Michael was in there for basically you know a couple series and throws an interception on his first drive as a pro. Now looking for another another opportunity at reps here against Miami. Interesting that the Dolphins are getting a big line move here. It was Texans minus five. Head coach Mike McDaniel maybe indicating he'll play his guys a little bit more, but a big week for C.J. Stroud. Has not yet officially been named the week one starter, but all signs certainly point to that being the case. Well, I think he's definitely going to be the week one starter. They started him in the first preseason game. Look, the best quarterback on the team is Case Keenum, and he's the third or second string quarterback. I mean, Davis Mills came in second against the Patriots. Stroud's got a long way to go, but the only way he's going to get there is by playing. You know, in fairness to the young man, he never played under center at Ohio State. 
Uh, and so when he dropped back first play, you know, he doesn't trust what he sees. You know, he's got a guy wide open, just throw the out. And he holds the ball and takes a sack. He's not comfortable yet. And I think this week going against Miami's defense with Vic Fangio, I think that certainly will help him. He needs those reps. He needs that constant rep. And I think they got to play him a little bit. You know, last week, Houston was really good up front. I mean, they gave New England a lot of troubles with their backup defensive line. And this week, you know, if they're going to play Tua today, it'll be interesting because, you know, the one thing we know about the about the Miami Dolphins, that offensive line isn't very good. And so we've got to be able to they got to protect them. And this team, this Houston team will come after the quarterback. So I don't know what you know, I think a lot of it's going to depend upon what McDaniel saw in that practice session down there at Houston, because Houston the one thing they can do with, with their rush is with their defensive front, because that's D'Amico Ryans wants to have, is they can rush the passer. I mean, Greenard was good last week. Will Anderson was good. I mean, they, they have some really good – Jacob Martin, who they got from, mm-hmm. from Denver. Jerry Hughes was their best pass rusher. They'll be a problem for Miami if they put Tua out there. And that was why we're kind of confused and why the betting market has reacted to Mike McDaniel's suggested, yeah, you know, if two attack below, he might get some time. Might being the operative word there. We don't know if that's actually confirmed. Total of 39 and a half for the game tonight. And that, that's well, the, the perception, too, uh, Michael, on Houston. It's like we understand it's a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Wide receiver room you could make a case for as being the worst in the NFL. But it's not like there's just no parts there. And this is a defense that even, even last year in a rebuild still finished 15th in, in overall pass defense on an EPA per play basis. And brought in a lot of guys under a defensive-minded head coach. So it's sort of like, what, you know, what do we view the ceiling actually being for Houston on the defensive side, even if the offense has their growing pains? Yeah. I mean, and, and look, that's the way Houston's going to have to play. They've got to play really well defensively, keep the game tight, use Pierce as a runner. You know, they're going to run the, the Kyle Shanahan offense, a lot of boots, a lot of nakeds, all those things, make some easy throws for Stroud. But to me, let's go to Miami. I mean, Armstead says he was okay after he got carted mm-hmm. off the field. We don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. I doubt if he plays. So Kendall Lamb, the left tackle, are we sure Austin Jackson's a good player? I I think there's a lot of concern here up front, and I don't know if you want to put your quarterback out there. Now, look, it'll be get the ball out quick and throw it. But I'll tell you this, Houston can rush, and, and that would worry me. But McDaniel was able to watch the practices, so I think he's got a sense whether he can block them or not. Yeah, and that the latest report, because you and I were, were on the air a couple of days ago, and you, you had the – I had the injury in practice in those uh, the joint practices there for Toronto Armstead. He's come out since and says he'll be he's targeting week one, so not going to see him the rest of the preseason. But at least the early reports, fortunately, was that it was not serious. There was just stepped on uh, in one of the joint practices. Uh, again, that's one of the three games we've got the first year starting QBs going today. Another rookie is Anthony Richardson for Indianapolis. Another game with a big line move. Colts got got a ton of betting support last week and then yeah. lose outright at Buffalo as a as a road favorite. Now they're a four-and-a-half to five-point home favorite against the Chicago Bears. Another game bet up by about a field goal here. First game for Richardson since officially being named the starter, Michael. What do you expect out of him today? Well, I think we're going to see more of the same, right? I think we're going to see more of the, okay, we're going to go after it. You know, we're going to run the six-back offense, try to get him some confidence and just continue down this road of playing as well as he can play within the framework of what they're doing offensively. I, I, I'm not – I don't have – High expectations, I don't have low. I think it's got to be managed correctly. My, my look here this week is going to be how the Colts' defense, are they going to play their guys? Are they going to get their defense ready to go? That's going to be the key, right? 
I mean, that's going to be the key. They've got to play well on defense to keep them in the game so they don't get behind where Richardson has to become a pure drop-back passer. That, right. like, the game's going to move way too fast at that point for any rookie quarterback, whether it's Troy Aikman, whether it's Peyton Manning or Anthony Richardson. It doesn't matter. So they're going to have to play really good. I'm, I'm anxious to see this Colt defense against the Bears. Now, you know, the Bears played – Justin Fields three plays last week. They got DJ Moore involved. You know, they made some they made explosive plays with their passing game. But this Bear defense didn't really shine. So I think they got to play well today too. So th- there's a little bit of the movement I think is partly because both teams I think ha- want to play this a little early in the game like it's a not like it's a true game. But at least let their guys get their feet wet today. Yeah, and that's why you know, I, my bigger you know, the thing I'm going to be focusing on more here is just how the Bears' offensive line, when they are in with Justin Fields at quarterback, again we expect that to be limited. But the strength of the Colts is going to be in the the front seven, especially on the defensive line. That's the perception coming into the year. So how the Colts look against a you know, a run first offense like the Chicago Bears, I'm really interested in, even though it's going to be a really small sample size because we talk about how the the Colts really lack you know, physicality and, and toughness under Frank Reich last year. And this it's going to be a very small glimpse, right? But it could be a, a small window into what we're actually going to see in the regular season as far as how that Colts, uh, right. especially on that D-line look. They, they've got to play well up front. I mean, look, the Colts are going to be – and I wrote about this for Visa this week. I, I talked about how I think the Colts will be a really good 50-minute team. I mean, I think eventually they'll wear down because if their defense is on the field, one thing about this – this Pete Carroll style of defense that the Colts run, the same thing that the Bears run, is the longer they play, you know, you've got to be able to wear them down. They're not, they're, they rely on quickness, athleticism, speed. It's get up the field. And if they have to play 32 minutes, they'll look different defensively than if they play 28 minutes. Now, one of the problems with that is the, the Bears, excuse me, the, the Colts offense, can they control the ball? You know, can they convert third downs? Can they keep the ball? Play a little slower pace to allow that defense. They've got to play complementary football with Richardson in the game, and hopefully that'll help them. But if they play too much defense, like the Bears, that becomes an issue. Yeah, so that that one thing we'll be able to watch. It's just, yeah, Colts D-line against Bears O-line. And and we're not expecting to see uh, Justin Fields. Uh, And that's, I think, another reason why we've seen the line go up here. It was two and a half at open, uh, or two, depending on where you shopped. Right now, consensus five-point favorites are the Indianapolis Colts against the Chicago Bears. And the game you and I will certainly be uh, being uh, very closely paying attention to, Michael. It's the New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers. Second preseason start this year for Jordan Love. And after a really good, uh, fir- you know, at least uh, his first week against Cincinnati, everything went well. Joint practice is wrapping up this week. I'm seeing the Packers right now in the market. Uh, they are also getting some attention up to three-point favorites. So the second straight week that uh, the market has gone against Bill Belichick and the Pats just with those preseason expectations, <laughs> not not thinking a whole lot of starters will play as we've seen in the past. Well, they you know they got a lot of work. I mean, I don't, if you talk to anybody who watched the Green Bay New England practices in Green Bay, uh, you know there on Ray Nitschke Field, they, they got a lot of work. I think they they were able to really get their ones and twos a lot of team activity. Uh, I'd be surprised if if those guys played a lot today. I think this is going to be more of a, a Sean Clifford, Bailey Zappi, yeah. Malik Cunningham game than a Trace McSorley game, I think. Now, maybe Belichick will start his guys out in the first quarter and the first quarter and kind of get some reps. But they're going to Tennessee from there, and they're going to practice against Tennessee next week. So they're getting a lot of their work done with, the, with these teams and these teams' uh, matchups, which are really good. So I, I, I would expect love to play. 
but I don't know how much because, like I said, both these teams played, I would say, more than a game on Wednesday and Thursday. Do you expect, and Zappy last week, 12 of 14, 79 yards for the Patriots, but it wasn't an offense. It was really looking to you know, push the ball, only put up nine points with a lot of backups. Do you expect, even with the backups, a little bit more uh, aggressiveness just to see what, what they've got from the second stringers? No, I, I think New England will play it pretty close to the vest, knowing that they got to try to, you know, they're, they have a lot of injuries in their offensive line currently, mm-hmm. you know, and so because of that, the, their backups are starters and their starters are, thir- you know, their, their offensive line isn't very good. And I think the Packers, you know, the Packers defensive front, as we've talked about very, uh, very often here, is really good, you know, and everybody focuses on, Preston Smith and, you know, but I'm t- or, and they drafted Lucas Van Ness, but I- I'm telling you, they've got a lot of really good players on that defensive front. And that Kingsley Anabari, I think that's how you say his name. He's outstanding. I mean, he's one of their best rushers. Been getting rave reviews so, so far in camp, and it'll be fun to watch that going on later today. We also will break down some of the quarterback battles going on. These might have a little more intrigue. We'll talk about them next as we roll on Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a same-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 or older to wager. New existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. U.S. promotional offers not available in Kansas, Mississippi, D.C., Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, real quick, as we are about to transition to a few other preseason games, Michael, talking about quarterback competitions in the league, you know, it, it kind of occurs to me, too, we were just talking off air about how you know these, these some of these preseason games, especially after the week of joint practices, we really won't really – we're not going to see what's actually going on relative to the behind-the-scenes compared to how you, know, you, you have a lot of intel, especially like talking about the Patriots and Packers joint practices this week. 
Like, what have you been hearing out there? Because I think that might be more telling what's actually going on behind the scenes in joint practices than what is actually going to be seen on the field tonight. Well, I, th- I think it was a tale of two days, right? I think Wednesday was really favored the defensive front of the Packers. I think the offensive line of the Patriots struggled. The Patriots had Trent Brown back in there. Full crowds, though. It was beautiful field. I mean, uh, people that you talk to uh, there at, at, the sta- at the fields, it's interesting. A lot of players slip on that field like they slip in Lambeau. But they were really good. Uh, you know, they, I'm sure they got great work. The next day, according to reports, you know, Mac Jones was really good. And the, they worked a lot of red zone. And I, I think for the most part, both teams were rather inconsistent, which would you would expect. I think sure. the Patriots' strength is going to be their defense, right? And I, and I think that's been, that was pretty clear when you, uh, when you listen to the reports that come out of there. So, you know, their ability to cover this year with size – whether it's Gonzalez, you know, I don't think John, uh, I, I don't think Johnson played at all uh, out there. You know, they had Jones, they had Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, they had the rookie Gonzalez, and so they had a lot of their guys there that could cover Howard Bryant and you know those guys. But Jonathan Jones wasn't on the field, so you know, I think this secondary is really going to be pretty good. And with the addition of of Mapu, the kid that they drafted, Marty Mapu from Cal State Sacramento, who's Kind of a cross player, not quite a linebacker, not quite a safety, but a playmaker. And I think he was really impressive. Yeah. So with him and Kenyon White, I mean, this Patriot team had a really good draft. Now, is it going to benefit this team? Typically, it takes some time. You know, they took the So kid who they took in the, from Eastern Michigan, and they put him at right tackle. He's been their starting right tackle. Uh, they've got Riley Reef playing guard. They've got Mafi, the kid they drafted from UCLA, playing left guard. So... They've got a lot of young players, and I think between who they've drafted, right, this Demario Douglas from Liberty has been sensational. Boutte from LSU has really started to develop. You know, he had a big couple big plays on Thursday there. So this draft for New England looks really good. Now, the two kickers, we'll see how that works out with Ryland and Barringer, the punter. But for the most part, this young draft, I think, is going to play itself in. That's why I just find it fascinating. I think the report sometimes can mean a little bit more from the joint practices than the actual preseason games. Just something to, to keep in mind uh, going forward. And for the, the games we have tonight, there are at least a few, Michael, where we're going to see a good amount of quarterback battles back and forth where things are still sort of up in the air. Tampa Bay is a great example where Kyle Trask is going to be starting today, but we'll also see a lot of Baker Mayfield as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I have, you know, they were partly, I think, assumed to be favored when the line opened because of that battle. But since then, uh, New York Jets have announced it seems like more of the starters will go for head coach Robert Sala. Jets have gotten a big market movement up to three-and-a-half-point favorites. But the big focus will be that uh, quarterback battle going on in Tampa amidst a week where wide receiver Russell Gage feared to be lost for the season as Tampa looks to uh, get some confidence going in their quarterback position. Well, I, I, I think the Bucks were kind of disappointed. I think the, there was the plan was originally – for the Bucks and the Jets to practice twice up there. And at the last second, the Jets canceled, said, no, we'll just go once with you. The Jets wanted to kind of scale back. Uh, I don't know why they did or what that was, but it, it really infuriated. I think it was just when the Bucks were getting on the plane, they got infuriated about that, and they had to go find a place to practice somewhere yesterday, and they went over to the Giants facility because they had nowhere to go. They couldn't go to the Jets again because they weren't practicing against them, huh. and the Jets were. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be much harmony in this game today in the Meadowlands so, between the two teams. How much does Aaron Rodgers play? I think we'll see Aaron Rodgers kind of do what Daniel Jones did. 
get off to a good start, throw a lot of easy throws, and get the hell out of there. Okay, got to be careful. I think the big thing for Jet fans is they got to watch Becton. Can he become the starting right tackle? Is he going to be the starting left tackle? When's Dwayne, Wayne Brown coming off of IR? I think those are all for this offensive line, which struggled to block Tampa, which Tampa we know has a good front, is going to be problematic here. And for, for folks who watched Hard Knocks and were kind of getting caught up to speed on something we've known this whole offseason, it's that uh, the offensive line is going to be the potentially the biggest liability for the New York Jets. And Robert Tala gave his impassioned speech uh, with a whole lot of F-bombs in it about how the offensive line just Simply put, just has to be better, or else uh, all these acquisitions the Jets have made, it's not going to amount to anything. And uh, that I, it remains the biggest question mark to me. It's why you and I are both a little bit more skeptical than uh, than some others on on the Jets here going forward. Yeah, that's wild though. The whole I didn't even you know, and I, there were there were kind of rumors about like Salah being absent from practice, which were immediately uh, shot down. Is that not that that being a fabricated story in the New York media? But also fascinating that there has been some. Uh, you know, so not exactly, uh, you know, all, all, all lovey-dovey and roses among those two teams here with how no, the practices it, it, it got canceled. it was not lovey-dovey, trust me. I know that for a fact. I mean, they, they had planned to have two, and the Jets backed out of one. For whatever reason they did, I don't know. That's their prerogative. That's what they wanted to do. But I get the sense from just the Jets, they're just trying to get this team to the opening game healthy. Like, I think they're so worried about injuries. I, I don't know if they're worried about – their execution as much as they worried about injuries. They've got to get this offensive line fixed. And when Dwayne Brown is going to come back, I mean, he's obviously not back this week, so he hasn't practiced. He's still on PUP. They're going to have to get that fixed, you know, or else he's they're going to be in trouble because last year he, you know, he was on the left side with Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, still the starting center. Their best player is Vera Tucker, who's a really good player who drafted in the first round in 21. But right tackle's a concern, and Becton's got to stay healthy. So, yep. And the backups. I mean, I know Billy Turner played left tackle last week. He's not a left tackle. You know that from his day in Green sure. Bay. That's going to be hard for him to handle. Absolutely. What have you heard just as far as the, the Trask-Mayfield uh, battle in camp so far in Tampa? You know, I, I haven't really I, – I think to me the one thing you know is you, you're – Bowles is going to go with the guy that he feels like will not lose the game, will protect the ball. One thing about Baker, you know, Baker sometimes makes the easy difficult. Easy hitch out there, just throw it. Oh, no, it's in the dirt. You can't do that. You got to make the easy easy. You got to take that. Last year, he did not do that. He has not played well over the course of two seasons now. I mean, from his time in Baltimore, last few games in Cleveland or the last year in Cleveland, to last year between Carolina and the Rams, other than a two-minute drive against the Raiders. I mean, that's really been his best moment. So he, he's – I would be surprised if he wins it. I, I'm looking for Jackson to have a good day. But, look, this jet front is hard to block, whether it's Johnson, whether it's McDonald, all these young players, Solomon Thomas. They bring this backup offensive defensive line in there, and if you're not prepared to handle it, they can create a lot of problems. Now see how that – yeah, that works out for a Tampa O-line that has certainly cratered, fallen off since when they had Tom Brady, kind of making up for a lot of the little cracks uh, there, you know, within the, within the actual yeah, I mean, Brady just got rid of the ball. They, exactly. I mean, yeah. they did the th – I mean, there's very few teams in the history of the NFL – including probably expansion teams, that, that posted 32s across the board in running, 32 in rushing yeah. attempts, 32 in yards, 32 in touchdowns, 32 in average. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's not easy to do, Ben. I mean, you got to work at that. you got to be really bad to accomplish that.
That's why it's now such an unknown. Because no, it, it's something that was always masked, and now it's sort of right out there, uh, out there in the open. Again, the Jets have gone to a three and a half point favorite in that game. Big line move, one of several in the preseason NFL Week Two. Uh, the other game where we're going to see a, you know, a lot of two quarterbacks, and this is more a battle for QB two here behind Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. But I thought it was interesting that Mike Vrabel last week in Chicago had Malik Willis start, got Will Levis a good amount of action, then brought Willis back in at the end, trying to help win the game for Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, now the Titans, after we could joint practice with the Vikings, are two-and-a-half-point road favorites in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, and, and what Levis got hurt, I don't know the severity, is he going to play or not? I think that was a concern, right? So, you know, I mean, look, Malik Willis was better last week. I mean, I think the Tennessee needs to get their offensive line in gear. They've got to kind of get ready for the season. I mean, Vrabel the last two years has not had, has not had great success on opening day. I think this is an important game for him. I really do. And Minnesota, I, I, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams where last week, you know, Seattle was was better than they were. They're going to gear it up a little bit. I think they need to. I think they're young on defense. They're going to have to start playing their guys. A tough week too for you know for Tennessee, where you have the LCL sprain going on for Traylon Burks at wide receiver, and then it was lower body injury for Will Levis. They've not committed yet as to whether it'll keep him out for the game today. Still kind of murky as far as that will go, but there's a, you know, there's a possibility that Ryan Tannehill might have, might actually take a few snaps. If not, we could see Malik Willis just be a solo QB the entire game. That's also a possibility for the Titans and the Vikings. All right, we are one hour in to the Saturday edition of the Lombardi line. Up next, we'll talk some NBA. What is on Michael's mind? We'll discuss that after this. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 